face front, true believers. This is Modular Media's No Prize Podcast, the podcast where we talk about Marvel movies, television, comics, toys, and more. I am your host, Chris Boingle, writer Gaston, and with me, as always, is... The Vacuminator! How's it going, everybody? Oh, hey, Vacuminator, where are you from? South Carolina. I was trying to give you a chance to to fix that you were from the Distinguished Competition. Oh yes, I'm. Uh, I'm representing the distinguished competition. I, I, not I, so much this week. I only got like a little bit of figure news. Didn't have much time for comics or anything. Wait, are you saying that I have actually read comics of the distinguished competition this week, and you didn't? So we're gonna have to reschedule this episode for a couple days from now. I actually just remembered I really need to get to bed so I can get some stuff done tomorrow. <laughs> no, we need to we need to get this done. Fuck. Or or are you being serious? Because we can stop if you need to. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm, I'm fine. We're fine. It's fine. It'll all be fine. You're doing a bit. You're doing it. I didn't even start doing the editing I was supposed to do today, but it's okay. fine. It's all fine. How are you? And here I was thinking I was I was taking some time and letting you get some of that done. I uh Okay, so so I got up this morning, and by this morning, I mean one in the afternoon, because mm-hmm. we were up very late last night trying to figure out some stuff for MMWP and actually doing MMWP, and then... Pick it up, we gotta pick it up. I, I, yeah, and then I got... I, I did some drinking after we were recording, and I, I got to sleep pretty hard, and usually on Saturday, I get up, I let myself sleep until 10, and then I get up and I get on my yard work, but I woke up at one and uh, got a little bit of yard work done, but it was hot as balls. So I came in and I rested for about a half hour. And then a friend showed up and then my mom got home from running her errands for the day. And then a friend of hers showed up and then we went out to dinner and then I got home and I was like, oh, I wanted to I wanted to rotate my shelves today. That's right. I need to I need to get that done real quick. And then four hours later, I looked down at my phone and you said, hey, can we do the podcast now? And I was like, could I shower? Yeah. Yeah, Things happen. Mm -hmm. The life of a Z-list YouTuber is not all glamour, you see, folks. I like like how you describe me as a Z-list YouTuber. That's very generous of you. Well, I can't say a alpha, a a, a beta. A beta? A beta. I'm, I'm, I'm more like a W gamma. Yeah, but we have a thing to talk about because we're still about one week away from Loki dominating the cultural conversation for the next few weeks. Oh, aren't I excited about that? (laughs) Remember when we were talking about an endgame and you were going like, you know what? I'm glad I can just step away from the MCU. I can be done. I don't have to do anything else. I was thinking about that the other day, too. Oh, God, the fact that I've tuned myself to so many weekly things now with Modular is both a joy and a living fucking nightmare. Because every day I wake up and I go, okay, gotta go to work. And then I think tonight when I get home, I just want to kind of relax. Oh, shit, I gotta watch that. I gotta read that. I gotta do that thing. I gotta get that thing edited. Oh, fucking hell. Okay. I won't be sleeping until 1 a.m. again tonight. That's awesome. Let's go. But in the before well, leading up to Loki, we've been watching some Marvel Legacy stuff and reading some old school Marvel comics. And in this week, we decided, you know what? 
let's let's look at an unsung hero, a dopatree, if you will. We are looking. I want to make sure I get the name exactly right. We are wa- we watched a couple episodes from Fantastic Four: World's Greatest Heroes, the animated series from 2006 to 2007. Uh, which uh, I had completely forgotten, but was pleasantly surprised to find out by to to be reminded that it's from the same animation studio and has a theme song by the same people who did Code Lyoko. Here's the thing. You know what this made me think of? Mm-hmm. Martin Mystery. Same animation studio. Moonscope did all three of these shows. That means they also did Totally Spies, though. Uh-huh. They're a French animation studio. Uh-huh. Totally Spies is a French show in the first place. Oh, yeah. No, that explains all the fetishes, then. Oh, yeah. Because it's French, you see. And the French are a horny people. Uh, which which brings me to my one complaint with this show. Um, and, and it's the same one complaint. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of complaints you can have about them. But I have one major complaint about the Tim Story Fantastic Four movies. And it carries over to this show, which is clearly made off of the success of those. Sue Storm is hot. I don't want Sue Storm to be hot. I don't like being hot. No, no, she can she can have like a motherly beauty about her, but I don't want to fuck Sue Storm. Okay, that 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 that's not a thought I want to have ever. Here's the thing, though. This is before Sue's a mom, though. This is the this is this is pre motherhood Sue Storm. She can be hot in this era because she's technically the Invisible Girl. They've always basically any adaptation post um um uh, burn. Burn, thank you. Uh, it just uses Invisible Woman as the default because it's just a better name. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this is Invisible Girl, which, yeah, she can be a little bit y- younger, a little bit more of a trendsetter, a little bit more of a shooting goo. Uh, Goddamn, that's a wrong yeah. fucking word. <laughs> I, I was literally about to like comment on the fact that I said I don't want to fuck Sue Storm, and you didn't even give me a look like, why are you saying that on recording? And then you go and say something that sounds even dirtier than saying fuck. I love it. But you know what I'm saying? It's like she's a jet setter. She's she's the trend. She's a trend maker in this world. That kind of thing. Also, for lack of a better way of describing it, she is very girl boss. Yeah, she's very um, much. She's very much of the era kind of idea of a badass woman in this show. Yeah. Um, but lo- why don't we just go overview and then we'll talk about the episodes we watched. So, so it's the Fantastic Four. Yeah, it's just Fantastic Four. That's it. Have you there's read a no, Fantastic like, Four? Overarching, there's no overarching story to this show. There's no like deep, interesting characterizations or changes. It's just Fantastic Four. They're in a cartoon. We're going to make a show. It's, yeah. Have you read some of the old comics? This is going to be like that. It's just pure. Fantastic Four down to its pure essence. Like, it's, what if Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes was a show about the Fantastic Four? But this came out before Avengers of Spidey's Heroes. Yeah, no, it, honestly, I think it's great. It's a great, fanta- like, fantastic, like, uh, did you watch the interview I sent you with uh, Tom King? No, I haven't had time yet. Okay, they bring up a concept of, like, there are some characters that you need to add detail to. There's some characters that you need to twist and turn and you need to play with the formula. And they use Batman as an example. Batman works really well when you, like, twist it up, right? 
but uh, Tom King and the interviewer Salvatore, I can't remember his last name, but he does comic pop, brought up that Superman works best when you strip it down to its bare essentials. It needs to be pure. Like, yeah. and Fantastic Four is one of those things. Like, Fantastic Four works best when it is pure, simple, undiluted. This is a family. They have become misfits, but they love each other. They will get on each other's nerves, but they love each other. They will go on adventures and help save the world. And they're kind of celebrities, and they encounter all kinds of kooky kooks and spooky dukes. Oh, yeah. And we, and we basically went through... Like the classic gambit of fantastic foratry in the the four episodes we picked. There's one. There's one that we missed that I forgot was even in the show until I was looking at the episode uh, listings earlier today. But I'm kind of okay with it because it would have required a bit of unpacking, I think, to discuss that episode. And that's episode nine. Mm, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. But why don't we first go off of? The, the aesthetics, because we talked, did we bring this up in podcast or was this before? I am, no, you did, we did bring it up. Um, the aesthetics of the show, the character designs. The design philosophy. Yeah, the, the design bible. What do you, how do you feel about it? It's weird because it's like, it's an aesthetic, it's a very specific era of America trying to do anime. Uh, that I'm now nostalgic for because it was going on when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure to a lot of people at the time was very off-putting, and a lot of people now probably look at it as very antiquated. Like, Johnny's fucking ridiculous boncho hair um, and, and the kind of, like, weird angleness of Doom's face. Um, like, I can, I can picture a lot of people being like, ah, that, that, uh, that's just messing with the designs too much, and it's too goofy, it looks too much like anime, because I've only ever seen two animes in my whole life. And it's Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And I'm, and I'm just like, yeah, it's good, I like it. Looks kind of like Transformers Energon, I can dig it. Yeah, no, it's, it's anime, but it's also like that very specific, because this is a French production, this is an American-Canadian-French production. Mm-hmm. Um, all the best a, in ends. I mean, honestly, that's those three are like other than Japan are the three biggest producers of animation internationally. Well, and Korea, but Korea mostly is just where Japan outsources all their animation yeah. to. But I mean, like of original properties. Yeah. Um, because Canada, <laughs> you don't realize how many cartoons America imports from Canada to fill out a schedule. Not until you go looking now. Yeah. Thank you, Nitro Rad, for uh, making that whole video, ma making me realize how much of my childhood was actually Canadian. That was that was fun. Um, but this is very much that kind of French replicating anime aesthetic that that is Code Lyoko, that is Martin Martin Mystery, that is also like Faku. There's like this whole French MMORPG franchise thing. That has an anime to go Wakfu. That's what it is. It's Wakfu. I've never heard of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Well, uh, we're continuing talking. So why don't we talk about individual things? So you brought up uh, Johnny and his hair. What do you think about Johnny's design? Uh, Johnny's fine. Johnny is a great, like, kind of mid-2000s reinterpretation of the Human Torch, you know? Um, I, I like how his face has kind of like this this angledness to it. He usually has an expression with a bit of an attitude going on. Uh, and 
honestly, I really like the voice actor. I feel like the performance the voice actor gives is very close to what I think of when I think of Johnny Storm, uh, even now as an adult. Yeah. It's kind of dude bro, but not like in the frat bro way. It's more of a... It's I'm. It's a kid trying to sound cool because he doesn't quite understand what cool is yet. Yeah, and this is a uh, some wackfu. I don't know if this is fan art or, or official. So this looks like an actual screenshot from uh, the show. That is uh, that is certainly a thing. But you see what I mean? Like there, it looks anime, but it also looks French. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of detect a bit of French in there. Um, but. Why don't we talk about some Reed Richards? What do you think about Reed's design? Just Reed is just straight off the panel to me. Like he looks exactly how I I would I think Reed Richards is supposed to look. He's got a very classic kind of kind of squared off jaw. Uh, he he's got the the graying hair and um his his voice is very solid. He's got a very kind of like measured but always intrigued voice. Um. I love the way they play the bits where he'll get a little bit distracted by how fascinating something is, and then he has to be pulled back to reality. The only thing I feel like is really missing from the character is something that I've just kind of, like, absorbed through the osmosis that is B-Mask's Fantastic Four video, which is, read techno-babbling so fast you can barely understand what he's saying. How Alex Brody does that in that video is one of my favorite read-isms ever. And it's literally just from that one YouTube video. Yeah, and we got a little bit of that in uh, the first episode we watched, but we already we already talked about the, the hotness of Sue and whether that is or is not a good thing. She literally just looks like how I kind of envision adult Kara. And that's a problem. My my boy, my friend. There there's a there's a part of your brain that is a little wonked out. I don't think I don't think that's ever gonna go away. Like not even if you're if like I find my dream girl or something like that. Uh what do you think about the thing? Thing's good. Uh something about like his design is the only one where I'm like, it's just kind of slightly off. And I think it's just the fact that he has the spray paint FF logo on his chest. I like that. I like it's how it kind of like rough and tumble working class. It's like, yeah, no, I'm part of the Fantastic Four, but you know what? I'm the rough guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, what do you think about the Fantastic Four uniforms? They're maybe slightly over-designed, but they're not bad. Uh I uh, it's it, I have the same hangup I do with them that I do with a lot of uh, Super Sentai costumes, which is that there's maybe a little too much white on them. Like mm-hmm. I hate Sentai suits that have white as the primary fallaway color. I like them. I li- I think they work better as like what they're supposed to be, which are adventuring suits. They're not superhero costumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like how the four is italicized. It's leaning over just slightly. It's not like straight up and proper. Yeah, that's a cool touch. And I love how often they have Johnny do the make make four in the sky out of fire thing. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about the next big design I want to t- uh, touch on. Actually, why don't we do it kind of starting now? So the first episode we watched was Doomed. Mm-hmm. This is just a classic Fantastic Four story. Yeah. Like, they've done this a thousand and one times. It is basically Doom swaps mine with Reed Richards so Doom can fuck around with his tech and Reed's trapped and he has to get his way out and get back to his family. Yep. 
Uh, it's a solid episode. The only thing I, I I didn't care for with it was I thought he got back to the Baxter building a little too fast. Like, he breaks out of out of Lotveria, and it's just like immediately he's there. And I was like, that's a little, that's a little contrived, but okay. See, here's the thing. I thought he was in the Latvian embassy that's in the New York Harbor. <laughs> that's what it looked like to me. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, but as we're talking about Doom, thoughts on this Doom design? It's a take. Uh, it's not super for me, just because, like, modern comic Doom is always in my head as like, no, that's what Doom looks like. You don't fuck with that design. But it's a good, like, it fits in with the aesthetic of this show. Um, and, and it's not bad. It's just, it's not, it's, it's not the, per- it's not the perfect ultimate Doom of Ultimate Forever. And yes, it would be great and aesthetic on my shelf, wouldn't it, mate? To, to do a fewism. Um, voice is good too. I do like, the, I do like the Doom voice in this show. Yeah. Also, the two actors because they kept the voice actor to the voice, not the the character. Uh huh. Do a really good job of replicating the other actors' mannerisms. Yeah, and only in episode two are they able to pull off a performance like that. Like, imagine if this episode had come like episode eight of a second season of this show. Yeah, but like, I honestly really, really fucking love this Doom design. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just love the jacket. It's just like, oh, of course it's the jacket. Boingo core ass fucking design. <laughs> also, I really also think uh, the the painting of the torso and the upper leg to replicate the tunic without just being a tunic also is a nice little touch. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's trying to have its cake and eat it, too. It's trying to go like, no, it doesn't look like the the hokey old Jack Kirby designs, but we want to reference the old Jack Kirby designs, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Jack Kirby, how do you feel about Herbie's inclusion in this show? I, you know what? I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. It's, they, they wanted to have Reed having an AI assistant and they were like, you know what? Why don't we use Herbie? I love how I love his I love his voice. Just how he's always so upbeat and so happy about everything. Dr. Richards! Of course! Let's do it! You're so right, Reed Richards! Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we'll talk more about Herbie in uh, uh, another episode we're going to wa- uh, talk about. But genuinely, um, this just is a good, solid, fantastic... Like, if you just want to introduce someone to the Fantastic... No, I wouldn't use this as a the, the pure introduction to the fa- uh, Fantastic Four. Because you kind of need to know a little bit about Doom first. Yeah, we we know who Doom is, so this story is like, oh yeah, no, it's it's classic FF. Mm-hmm. It's also just fun because you have the the subplot of the episode of there's a can there's a reality show camera crew following Johnny around who he didn't he didn't even ask for it. Sue just sicked them on him. Yeah, it basically is like this is your punishment for being irresponsible. Mm-hmm. It it, it kind of takes you back to the uh, the introduction to Mark Wade's Fantastic Four. Um, yep. and, uh, you know what the big thing is about this show that, that you kind of skipped over, you, you didn't talk about, and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly a little hurt. You didn't talk about the theme song. Oh yeah. That's because it kind of, it's just kind of simple. Yeah, but it's brilliant in its simplicity. It's fucking, it's just an epic little James Bond-esque bop. And for the FF, that works surprisingly well. Like, I keep telling people... 
I keep fucking slamming my fists down on the desk on every Power Ranger fucking production I'm on. Like, no, no Kaimel could make good shit. He was a great fucking. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't mind hearing that little guitar riff and. That's the bit that I always remember. The bit, the like, the bit where the fucking beat drops and the and the vocalist comes in and goes, oh, like it's the fucking '60s Star Trek theme. And no, it is. It's very like it's James Bond. It's classic sci-fi. It's '50s B movie sci-fi. And honestly, that's kind of just what the FFR. Uh, it's a couple. I powers. hope we get like I'm skipping a bit ahead here, but I hope when the FFs start showing up in the MCU that we do get like a, a sort of nostalgic renaissance for this cartoon because it really deserves it, especially with stuff like that. There's one thing I, I, I do feel the show doesn't really nail. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels, there's a thing they do and it feels very, very, very much like, ooh, we have a new toy, let's play with it. The Bloom. Bloom? The Bloom. I don't even remember what you're talking about here. Okay, so when there's a white object on screen, you know how it looks really fucking white, almost to the point where it's glowing and kind of overexposing the camera, even though it's a cartoon? Oh. You, did you really not notice that? No, I didn't. Uh, hold on. I'm trying to get some in a video game as an example because it's... Uh, it's... I mean, I'm looking at... A shot of them in their uniforms now and i can kind of tell tell what you're talking about but like okay. i didn't notice it while i was watching the show yeah 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 but like here's an example using uh the witcher uh with bloom on and bloom off to kind of give you a, uh, an understanding of what i was seeing mm. you get what i'm saying yeah, like i've also can... never heard this term before i always just think of like exposed and overexposed it's more often a video game term because it is like it's a plugin that you use to to add to a game's design. Like here's another example of it, and I think this is in uh, a Skyrim mod or something like that. But you see what I'm saying? Like the Fantastic Four cartoon looks a lot like that, and when it when it comes to its whites, yeah. And but like that's what I'm saying. It's like it feels like they just got a new toy and they wanted to play with it a lot. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I'm looking at an exterior shot of the Baxter building now, and that kind of has that. That's something we haven't talked about with this show so far. How do you feel about the uh, the borderline overuse of CGI? Because this is one of the first... This is like when CGI in animation, in traditional 2D animation, was starting to become more of a thing. If we use this for stuff, that would thing be in the more... West, because it's been a thing since, like, the late 90s in Japan. Yeah, but it's like when we started to get more like, yeah, well, especially with superhero stuff, because I remember this was a big point with the direct-to-DVD DC movies for a while of they use CGI a lot for panning shots for cities or for cars or for shit like that that would be more expensive to animate uh, by hand. Yep. I Here's the thing. I could tell when it was CG, but it wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. It, it was pretty well integrated. It wasn't. It wasn't like it takes you out. It's just more of like, oh, this is just a a, a different animation technique. And here's the thing: with the design aesthetic of the show, it kind of fits. It works to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like they they worked with it, they worked it into the art design well enough that it, it it just flows. Because like the Fantastic Car is all CG. Yeah. 
Um, and there are certain uh, prop elements in episode 11, which we'll talk about, uh, which is one of the ones we're going to talk about, uh, that are CG, but they look well integrated. They don't look out of place. Mm-hmm. Like, the only the only time I felt like it was really egregious is this scene in episode 2 I'm looking at, uh, Doomed, where Johnny's showing off his cars to the reality TV people. And, like, it's all insert shots that look like, oh, you just unlocked this car in a Hot Wheels video game. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a TV animation. They got to take shortcuts in certain places. Mm -hmm. But that's, like, the one time. Or at least the one time out of the episodes we watched. Yeah. So why don't we talk about the next episode, which is Imperious Rex, episode 10. Uh Uh-huh, which is... uh... That's something I forgot to talk about, because I mentioned it at the end of last episode, but uh, I haven't talked about it this episode. Um, I had a DVD of, like, the first four or five episodes of this show as a kid that I played over and over again. But I did catch, I I forgot, but I had caught a couple episodes on TV that I didn't have on the DVD. Imperious Rex and the episode before it were two of them. I think there might have been one more. I might have also seen episode eight at some point. Mm. But no, Imperious Rex is basically the Namor story. The Namor finding the FF and that whole shebang. Yeah, Namor fucking exists in this universe. And he's an asshole. Yep. He hates land dwellers. And he wants to fuck Sue. That's why they made Sue hot. Because they want to make you believe that Namor wants to fuck her. But he, but he never seems to like want to fuck her. He just seems to be like like find the fact that she'll talk back to him really funny. <laughs> what do you think about this Namor design? Uh, it's kind of similar to Doom, where I'm like, yeah, that's a take. I mean, it, it's j- it really feels like it's kind of going off of the uh, beefy hook hand Aquaman that was still around at the time. I, I will still say the beefy hook uh, hook hand Aquaman is a good Aquaman design. And that's why you're not on the DC podcast. The secret <laughs> DC podcast that I totally have going and I didn't just pull out of my ass. Come on, that's the Aquaman they use for the Justice League cartoon. That has to mean it's a good Aquaman. That's like, that's one of like three things that really annoy me about that show and clearly only are in that show because that's what was going on at the time. Otherwise, that show is perfect. Uh, but no, let's talk about this show. I liked, I liked Namor's pants. They're nice pants. I don't know what you want me to say about no, I'm that. I'm just saying, like, they could have given him the Speedo, but I like oh, the pants. Yeah. They, feel, they feel more regal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is a classic Namor style, like, I hate land dwellers. Could you not? No. Could there's you a lot not, of, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of freaking mutie fish attacking the world. And mm-hmm. somehow not killing people. Yeah, uh, that was a, that was a weird thing where they're like, yeah, you know, all those the whole reason we came to investigate that there's a bunch of fish poking shit up. They're not actually killing people. I guess that means Namor's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think, um, but no, this is solid. We also got some uh, some slightly jealous Reed. Mm. I did also like getting to see uh, Sue and Johnny in street clothes. That's always fun when you see the FF just on a day out. Yeah, and their street clothes just looks like they're bike, like like a teenager's idea of a biker. Yeah, they look like two thousand ass street clothes. They look like oh, what the fucking Power Rangers would have been wearing at that time. They looked, think, at that moment, Johnny looked like Martin Mystery. He did. 
I didn't think of that, but he totally did. Who the f- what fucking now? Now I keep bringing up Power Rangers in this show, and I'm sorry, but now I I can't remember, and I need to Google what season of Power Rangers was 2006. Mystic Force, yeah. So totally, I could see them walking around in those clothes. Yeah. No, it's just again solid classic FF. That's that's a big thing. This isn't transcendent in the Fantastic Four. This isn't like putting a brand new spin on it that everybody has to see. It, it's just if you're a fan of the Fantastic Four. This is just some good-ass Fantastic Four. Yeah. I also love the moment in the episode where uh, Ben and Reed get contacted by their government contact guy. I can't believe it's not Nick Fury. And he's like, yo, every country in the world except for one all agreed that we should get your help for this. And they're like, every country but one? Let me guess. And then, like, slam cut, extreme close-up on both their faces. Latveria. <laughs> yeah, that I, th- here's the thing. If that was like th- if this cartoon was made like three, four years later, that would have been Coulson. Yeah. Uh, also, here's the thing. Another thing that character design reminded me of the agent dude from Generator Rex. He looks like Mr. Smith to me. That's what the dude looks like. OK, I haven't I haven't actually seen any Generator Rex at all. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's just weird post-apocalyptic uh, kind of superhero stuff. There's a talking, uh, there's a talking... Uh... Oh, I, I I, almost forgot to bring this up about the episode, but like fucking, it's such a small and obvious detail about the character, but I never would have thought I would find Johnny being terrified of water so hilarious. Hmm. Yeah, it all kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's regularly in this episode, there's moments where he, like, gets a little wet or almost gets wet and he starts screaming like a little girl. And I'm like, that's the best shit anyone's ever done with this character. Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense, but it's also like, bro, you can get hot enough. You can just make the uh, make the water evaporate. Steam exists. Johnny, steam exists. Yeah, go go play some Half-Life, man. (laughs) That's uh, the character I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Um, next episode, uh, starring the one, the only B Mask, because he voiced it in this video. Um, yeah, Impossible episode eleven. Uh, again, it's just a classic Impossible Man story. Yeah, but like the whole time I was just sitting there going, "It's not B Mask's voice. That's not Impossible Man. Shut up. Go away." Goddamn, this was a fucking. They nailed the casting for this voice because they were trying to make the most annoying being ever, mm-hmm. and they nailed it. You know, if this was like two years later, it would have been Tom Kenny. Yeah. Here's the other thing, though. If this was like a few more years later, he would have been a fucking YouTuber kind of character. Hey, y'all! Fantastic Four, smash the like button. <laughs> Ow. Were you saying ow because I got too loud, or because I gave you psychic damage? Because you gave me psychic damage. <laughs> Uh, no, this is, this, uh, and also this is, uh, the episode I was talking about where the props were very obviously CGI, but looked really well integrated because the, uh, Reed sends out some probes into space and two come back. One of them is the impossible man. And Reed just has a mental breakdown going like everything he is doing is impossible. He cannot be doing this. It's impossible. And the rest of the FF are just going like, Reed, he's doing it. We got to respond. But it's impossible. 
I know it's impossible, Reed. Figure it out. Okay. Uh, so what do we do if somebody makes him mad? And then that's the that's the struggle. Is oh, we have to get him on Earth before somebody pisses him off. Keep. <laughs> we need to keep him away from a bunch of things that would make him immediately distracted and go off on a thousand and one tangents. And also, we need to keep him happy. And we're in the middle of New York. Yeah. Uh, so also, this is outside. the uh, this this is the thing that made me had a bit of a bit of an epiphany about yourself. What the way you describe your your ADHD constantly? I'm pretty sure being ADHD is just being the impossible man. It's having an impossible man in your head. It's being because here's the thing: neurodivergents do this all the time. We talk about our brain as if it's a separate separate entity. Mm. So it's like I am trying to do this, but my brain won't let me. Yeah. That's the kind of way we describe it. Reed wants me to do this, but the impossible man won't let me. Mm. You know? Um, but this also is a, this also had a great moment with Herbie because Herbie's trying to scan the impossible man and like he's freaking the fuck out. What is going on here? I don't know. It's like and just it's great. There's a moment where impossible man straight up turns into Herbie and Herbie's like, What? Get out of here. I'm Herbie. No, am I impossible? It's great existential uh-huh. co- crisis for uh, AI is just fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and just everybody trying to reason with the impossible man. Because Johnny just goes immediately to flow. It's like, nah, I can dig it. You're fucking weird. I can find that funny. No. And the thing just going like, God damn it, there's two of them now. <laughs> and Sue's trying her hardest to do what Reed said and just try and keep him contained and happy. Uh, Which ironically would become the rest of her life. Hey, Reed and Sue have a happy marriage. It's not I, bad. I'm just I I wasn't referring to their marriage. I was referring to the, the, the I was I was giving a joke about the job description of being a mother. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um, but eventually they solve the they figure out a way to get rid of the Impossible Man. You make him incredibly bored. Yep, I love that. It's just like you guys aren't doing anything. Why aren't yeah. you doing anything? You have to make him discover that boredom is so terrible, and it's like a dreadful seas. Because, you know, nothing could be worse than when there's nothing on TV. So, Impossible Man, who do you want to be today? Uh, I know who I want him to be, and I want him to be somebody who's not on this fucking planet! That would be me as Reed. Yep. But no, it's, uh, it's fucking great, because they're just going like, no, we're not doing anything. What? Yeah, sometimes we, sometimes on this planet, you just don't do anything. That and then he boring. just like sets off a nuke in the background to try and get them to react, and, and, and he's like, "Huh? Huh? Huh?" Yeah, no, no. You know what? This is so boring and so uninteresting. I'm just gonna call off the whole invasion that we invade. It's not an invasion that he's basically he's trying to be friendly and go like, "Hey, I'm gonna invite my friends over." Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have spring break on Earth. It's one of those kind of alien invasion plots. Yeah, it's not. It's not malicious. It's just, oh God. And he basically goes like, no, this place is boring. Fucking leave. Just fucking bleh. get out of I here. Love, I just saw that line. The first time when they're first interacting with him, Ben's reaction is, what the fuck is this guy? Is he some kind of hyper scroll? Yeah. I mean, it makes <laughs> sense. He's pointy eared. He's green. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, again, just a classic Impossible Man story. Mm-hmm. And the final episode we watched was episode 17, Annihilation. Which, 
weirdly felt like a a a finale for the show but it's like 10 episodes before the actual finale yeah this is even though it's using the name of a classic uh a classic uh, marvel event it is nothing like the marvel event it is a old school classic annihilus story this 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 show came out like right around the time that event was going on didn't it like, uh, Annihilation was going on around the same time as Civil War. Mm. Because Annihilation was partly a revamp of the cosmic Marvel stuff, but also a reason for none of the cosmic characters to be involved in Civil War. Ah. Uh. So it was around that same time. But this is just, oh, hey, we got sent to the negative zone because of Doctor Doom. Oh, Gotta man. Gotta deal with I, that shit. <laughs> I've, I've been theorizing about the negative zone for, for years. Oh, wait, what? All our powers are being overcharged and uh, to the point where it becomes difficult to manage? Oh, no. How are we going to solve this? That's it. Also, Annihil- uh, Annihilus is there. What do you think of Annihilus? What do you think Annihilus of this looks design? fucking perfect and he sounds fucking perfect. This is the best fucking possible Annihilus you could do. The only thing you complain about is he's not robot enough. He's He's much more bug. Mm-hmm. He is a big bug man, and that's fine. I like big bug men. Yeah, but goddamn, I watch a whole franchise about big bug men. <laughs> well, you watch a whole franchise about karate bug men. Yes. Uh, but no, this is a good Annihilus design. This is a good Annihilus voice because it's it's that character actor, that character voice actor. He does all the work for like a shit ton of American cartoons. He Bradley Baker. Yep, yep, yep. But like, is that actually him? I I just said that off the know. top of my head. I don't know. Hold on. Why don't we look up? Because like the thing is, the voice that was going on that was I. That sounds to me like it's either D. Bradley Baker or Frank Welker. Like I can see Frank Frank Welker. Well, it's like classic, classic, like that voice. You you've heard it once. You've heard it a million times, and I'm being hailed. I know that voice. It's a documentary. I'll bring up the IMDb while Chris is gone. I'll do the work. I'll I'll fucking find out how hard times breed better men and get you a sexy black wife and let you live out the American dream and then fight a British man on Memorial Day Eve. I'm back. Oh my. And I have discovered that Annihilus was voiced by Scott McNeil. Isn't the isn't the voice he used for Annihilus a modified version of Waspinator then? Yeah, and I'm surprised I didn't fucking catch it. Yeah. And, like, he's also the only, like, name voice actor I recognize out of this cast as I'm scrolling through it on IMDb. Other than fellow Beast Wars alum Venus Turzo, who plays a bit part in two episodes. And that's him. Yeah, he was in Bionicle. You didn't know Scott McNeil was in Bionicle? He was in the first Bionicle and the third Bionicle, but not the second one. Yeah. He didn't need money so much that year. <laughs> uh, I mean, his, his his he has a long fucking list. Oh, he's been Captain Harlock a couple times. That's nice. Yeah. He's in fucking Dragon Drive? What the fuck is Dragon Drive? Hold on. Is it where I can get to it? Whoop. Yeah, I can get to it. Hold on. <laughs> this is frilling audio content. Oh, yeah, I know. Very much so. Hold on, folks. Hold on to your pants. So this is a DVD for Dragon Drive. It's a fucking oh, shonen anime. Digimon Tamers. Oh, it's it is very much like, hey kids, you like Digimon? <laughs> uh, 
but no, I had I got the first two DVDs of the whole set when I was a kid. So it's like the first eight episodes of like I think it's a uh, forty episode oh one. Oh boy! No, thirty-eight, thirty-eight episodes. So first eight of the thirty-eight episodes. Um, when are you gonna break down and get the other thirty? When I uh, the other uh, DVDs? Yeah. Uh, when I get money because they were. <laughs> they were dubbed by Emotion and uh, Bandai. They were done by them. Uh, Bandai doesn't exist as an anime company anymore. Because mm. uh, they were the people who originally did uh, Cowboy Bebop, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. In that sun. Wait, what? This is this no. just the Scott McNeil podcast now? The Scott McNeil's IMDb podcast now? No. This was animated by Madhouse. Oh boy! No, you know who Madhouse is, don't you? I do. Jesus. I mean, they've done some good shit. I know. They did Death Parade. I recognize the name Death Parade, but I I don't recognize it. Like you know, I don't. Yeah, what is that? Huh? Death Parade is basically like what if Limbo, but a bar. Hmm. The theme song's banging though. Also, they did this. Madhouse made that anime. Hmm. <laughs> Bringing it back to Marvel, they did Marvel Future Avengers. Um, speaking of Marvel, uh, you know who apparently got their start with Marvel shit on this show? Um, Dan Slott. Dan Slott plotted one episode of this show. Which episode was it? Because it's probably the bad one. IMDb doesn't say specifically, it just says one episode. Is this whole show tainted now? Is that is that what we're doing? Is that what yeah, we're saying? throw it in the trash, run away. <sighs> Don't ever speak of it again. Uh, disregard everything we've said up till now. I'm I'm kidding. I just don't like the decision. I don't like the decision Stan Slot has made in recent times in regards to Franklin Richards. Yeah. Um. But no, Annihilation's last episode we watched. It was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, what do you, overall, would you suggest this cartoon to someone, and who would you suggest it to in terms of, like, fans of stuff? I would suggest it to kids. I would suggest it to FF fans who say that there is no good FF in other media. Um, I would, I would suggest it to general Marvel fans who want to get a taste for the FF before they hit the MCU. Uh, but don't necessarily want to go digging through comic back issue bins. Or uh, watch the 90s FF cartoon, because... I haven't seen that, I can't condone that recommendation. Yeah, but basically, it's solid, it's good. It also has cameos from other Marvel characters all throughout it. There's a Hulk episode, there's an Ant-Man episode. Ant-Man is voiced by John Payne in this show, which is fucking awesome. Uh, there's a there's a She-Hulk episode. There's an Iron... There's a pre... Fucking MCU Iron Man in this show. Right, because this is a year before Iron Man. No, this is like two years, two or three years. Iron Man was 2008. Yeah, this is 2006, dude. Ending in 2007. Oh. Who got the math now, boy? I'm Who sorry. I should now, I should never have tried to confront the Marvel Man on his own show. I'll, I'll be content with my, uh, my, my, my fucking dunking on you on the wrestling show last night. <laughs> Listen uh, to MMWP, folks. Very much so. But yeah, no, I agree. This is, this is Evergreen Fantastic Four 
If you if you just want, if you some... don't mind a two thousands ass aesthetic, and here's the thing: it can, it tra- kind of, kind of transcends it a little bit. It's it's solid enough. It does. The animation's good. It's solid. It's not bad. Yeah. Do you want to shovel or do you want to keep digging that hole with your hands? What do you mean? Just saying. It's good. <laughs> it's a good show. It's a good show. But I, I'm just saying, there are some people that this aesthetic is always going to be indefensible towards. And then there are also the people who go like, nobody can look good in a mullet, but look at fucking Brian Pillman Jr. Fair cakes. You know? So, uh... Trailer? Toy news? Trailer? Toy, trailer? Toy news? Comics? Yeah! So uh, we got a trailer for a certain uh, property that... Um, no one in the greater pop culture scheme knows about. And but you like, know, it uh it looks like a movie. It does look like a movie. We're talking about the Eternals. So, Fack, what do you know about the Eternals? I know that Jack Kirby designed them. Oh, he created the Eternals, yes. What else do you know about the Eternals? I know that one of them who is a man in the comics is a woman in this. Oh, there's several of those in here. Mm-hmm. What else do you know about the Eternals back? Oh, come on. How long are you going to make me do this? So, brief history for people who don't know the Eternals. The Eternals are basically Jack Kirby coming to Marvel going like, so can I make new gods again? Can I just do the new gods? And Marvel's like, yeah, you're Jack Kirby. Just fucking do whatever. Just make us comics. And so he just made the Eternals. Uh, The Eternals are one of the major branches of... The concept of humanity on Earth. The idea is the Celestials came to Earth pre-man with uh, uh, proto-humans. They took some of those proto-humans and basically forcibly evolved them past humanity, but still looking human, uh, to basically being nigh-immortal demigods. Who basically act as kind of like... Heralds of the Celestials, Protectors, it's kind of nebulous. They do stuff with the Celestials, essentially. And can we, uh, can, we, can, we, can we sidebar now and talk about the big problem that I think a lot of people are having with this trailer, but aren't able to properly voice, and that you're kind of hitting on there? Oh, this, yeah. movie, this movie doesn't look like it has a plot. Like, this, there doesn't seem to be any kind of conflict, any kind of thing they need to stop. Like, there's a moment in this trailer where they're all standing there in their comic-accurate MCU-ified costumes, and it's supposed to be big and impressive, and clearly they're confronting somebody or something, but we have no idea what the fuck that is. It's just, this whole trailer is just, we've been around for fucking ever, we're cool as shit, be excited, and for a lot of people, for a lot of people, that is not working. I, don't I think like it's it because ex- it's kind of intrigue. It's kind of like, okay, what's going on here? I'm looking forward to finding out. But there's a lot of people in the mainstream who aren't quite as patient going, the best thing I can say about this is it looks like a movie. Here's the thing. I don't think you're supposed to be getting excited for it because that's not the tone of the trailer. The tone of the trailer is sort of like like the intro song. It's a bunch of people kind of waiting around. It's people trying to find the reason they need to do anything. It's people who have had reason and lost it. It's 
it's like they say in the trailer, we have been around forever. We have helped humanity in many ways, and we have always tried to avoid fighting their battles. But now we, I, I think we have to now. We have to help them fight. Uh, because that's what they were fucking saying in the thing, guys. You, you read between the fucking lines. Because people were going like, oh, they, they say they don't interfere, but yet they interfered all these other times. They helped guide humanity, but they didn't fight our battles for us. That's what they're trying to go for. But, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> and honestly, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about the Eternals. They are really good lore. They are really good side characters. So what you're saying is this should have been an audio log in Endgame. No, I'm <laughs> saying this movie's going to be interesting. Because you know what it's probably going to be uh, taking the most from? Neil Gaiman's Eternals. That's true. That's why I was... Because when I posted the trailer in your server, I said, this looks like how I remember American Gods feeling. Because yeah. I've only read American Gods once. I know it's one of your favorite books, but yeah. I only read it once. And that was back when I was working overnights at a gas station. So it was a very weird kind of introspective experience to read that book for me. And that's kind of the vibe I get off this trailer. Yeah. And it's also like people have been pointing out like little bits and pieces of like, yeah, no, there's things that can be referenced and understood from the comics of like how Icarus in Cersei, uh, seem to have a relationship, but Cersei's not totally into it, because Cersei's totally not into it. She's into Black Knight. We also see uh, Black Knight in this uh, briefly, not as a hero, but as a human boy. Mm. Um, is that the like, kid? Who's the kid? What's the kid's deal? Why is the kid a kid? Uh, oh, you're talking about Puck? No, not Puck. The little... The little... The little redhead shit. Yeah, yeah, no. They're oh, I'm sure he's a too. lovely young gentleman in real life. Uh, you talking the actor is an actress, is a woman. Oh. Um, and here's the thing. I'm trying to, no, that's not what I want. Uh, it's Pixie? No. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the character's name. Motherfucker don't know shit about the Eternals. Fuck off, man. You couldn't give, even give me like half a shit about the Eternals. Who yeah. did he? Okay, here, how about this? Who did the Eternals fight, huh? That's Maybe. what I want to know, damn it. That's the question I asked fucking five minutes ago. Who, who, do, you know, do you know who the Eternals fight, man? Hmm? Things hmm? and stuff. Sprite. That's the character, Sprite. Okay, because that's, that's the one that goes like, what are the Avengers going to do without the Cap and Iron Man? Because that's what every fucking Marvel thing is about right now. But it's also kind of showing that they are looking at the world of humans and kind of trying to trying to help out as best they can. Because Icarus goes like, maybe I could. Because hmm. Icarus is basically, what if Orion, but much more of a good boy? Aww. He's that kind of like, I am the battle leader. I am, will fight the battles for the Eternals. Like, it's one part Orion, one part Superman, one part Cyclops. That kind of like vibe. Okay. Uh, Sprite is complicated well that's why we have you buddy uncomplicated for us okay so when the eternals when the celestials made the eternals they're fucking celestials so don't they don't know shit about like how people will react to this so basically sprite has been a 13 14 year old boy for millennia 
centuries, eons, as a... So Sprite is perma-horny. Oh, very much so. Neil Gaiman taps into this directly in the Eternals graphic, uh, in his Eternals run, where basically Sprite decided, know what? Fuck all this. He wiped all the Eternals' memories, turned them human temporarily, uh, through uh, Eternal magic and bullshit, um, and put them all into human society so he could grow up and die. Because he was tired of being a fucking boy because his mind grew up, though. Mm. He's the same age mentally as all, all the rest of them. He's just in the body of a boy. And he hated it. So he did that to the Eternals and basically sent them on a giant fucking weirdo murder mystery-esque mystery thing. To the point where, uh, at the end of Neil Gaiman's run, spoiler alert everybody, uh... Basically, the mentor, uh, the all-father of the Eternals, killed the fucker because of all the bad shit they'd done. Mm. Um, in the movie, they made Sprite a woman because the Eternals is a very sausage-heavy fucking team, and they wanted to have it a little bit more even. Respectively so. It makes total so sense. So they fucking sabond it. Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, but in turn... Uh, they've kind of made Sprite transgender hmm. because the the way the Eternals are eternal is technically they can live. They live forever. They're like lobsters. If they get killed, like stabbed through the heart, they'll die. So by technicality, they're immortal, but they're not invulnerable, essentially. So they're, they're fucking, um, oh God, what's the name of the movie? Scottish Swordman. Highlander. I, yeah, they're, they're fucking Highlanders. To an extent, but they also have their own eternal version of the Krakoa cloning pods, rebirth pods. They're not clones. Hmm. Uh, here's the thing. This was this has been a thing with the Eternals long before Krakoa. I'm just using Krakoa as an example because you are familiar it's with it. It's a touchstone. It's a touchstone yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Sprite comes back because they basically go like, "All right, Sprite's been dead long enough. That's enough punishment. Sprite can come back. Sprite's been in jail. Sprite's been in timeout long enough." So Sprite can come back, um, and basically Icarus is keeping an eye on Sprite to go, like, now don't you be a weird fuck-up. Because, uh, because apparently the Eternals have been alive long enough that this happen stuff like that happens every once in a while, and it's basically like, yeah, we get it, we live forever, and we're still technically mentally human, and that fucks with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, legitimately, there is a psychological disorder that Eternals go through where they just all commit mass suicide. Oh. Huh. And just kill themselves because it's like, oh, the world's fucking. We don't. Uh, literally, that is a thing they do. The Eternals I, are fucking weird, dude. Here's the thing: is like I, you describing that to me makes me go like, okay, I kind of hope they work that into the movies because that would be an interesting new place for the MCU to go. But also, I don't trust the MCU to portray that idea very accurately. Also, this is the current uh, comic sprite. That just looks like every fucking Twitter OC of an anime girl. Uh, yeah, but uh, Sprite was originally the inspiration for... Well, in-universe is the inspiration for Peter Pan. Oh, that's the big thing with the Eternals is like they're the inspiration for like in the Marvel Universe for a variety, variety of mythological heroic characters. There's a person called Gilgamesh, um, Icarus is the, the the military leader essentially not military he's the battle leader 
because the real military leader is Athena. You're starting to pick up a thing. They're like our gods and our heroes are named and inspired by them, you know. But uh, it's yeah. Kirby being Kirby at his Kirbyest. Yeah, so this character is supposed to inspire like like all those kind of characters and so, uh, like tricksters and jousters and Peter Pan and uh, if Loki didn't exist, Loki. But like Loki exists, so like <laughs> to Loki, it is just like yo, yo, <laughs> yo, stop stealing my gimmick, kid. But here's the thing: they didn't retcon the oh Sprite was always a girl. No, he was a Sprite was a boy, and now Sprite's a girl. So like Sprite's transgender. Magic transgender, which I'm not sure how trans people feel about that magical transgenderness in fantasy stories. From what I understand, for them, it seems to really depend on the story. Okay. Because in the Eternals, because they they make Sprite a, a girl in the new Eternals run, basically it's like... The way they they frame it is like, yeah, if you go through the whole rebirthing eternal chamber thing, you can like decide if you want to be a girl or a guy, and you you can. It's more like Eternals live so long they kind of lose strict gender identity, and they're all kind of gender fluid. It's just more of like every once in a while they decide, you know what? I want. I'd rather be this this time. I'd rather be. I'd rather be a girl this go-through. Uh, but also, we want to make the comics look like the movie so people will magically walk out of the movie theater and buy the comic, because that totally happens all the time. Yeah, because they're totally going to comic book stores to fucking buy... I love how the one and only fucking time that's happened is with WandaVision. People were so weirded out by Wand. Did you hear about that? People were so no. weirded out by WandaVision that literally Marvel sold out of Tom King's vision and they had wow. to start printing a new run of it. Go for Tom King, get that chatter, boy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the um, the Eternals are fucking weird. I really like this trailer because it just went like, yeah, the Eternals are fucking weird. Um, we're. But this is a pretty diverse cast. It looks really cool. What do you? What? Do you, how do you feel about the costumes? Those look like Jack Kirby costumes. They look like they look like a fashion designer looked at Jack Kirby and went like, "I like that aesthetic, but I'm gonna kind of fashion it up a little." Mm-hmm. But they're good. I like them. I like the cast. You think, the cast. I I can't believe I didn't think to ask this before. Do you think we'll see Eternals in this movie? Not Eternals. We'll see uh fucking Celestials in this movie. We'll get. Brief snippets of it. I don't think they. Uh, I'm. I'm hesitant to say they'll ever just go full on. Boom! Here's a celestial. You know, like, other than like in flashback or in a video like they did in uh, Guardians. Or maybe have one like have like cave drawings of one or something. But uh, no, this is this movie's also gonna heavily like deal with the background lore of Thanos. Mm. Because here's the thing: Thanos is technically an Eternal. All right, I thought this conversation was almost over, but now I think we need 10 more minutes. Okay, um, all you need to know is at one point there was a faction of Eternals who went like, you know what, fuck Earth, let's move to the moon. Which moon? Titan, the moon of Uranus. Uh, and after a couple generations, uh, there was eventually born two brothers. One brother is named Eros. Uh, you also might know him as Star Fox. He is a... He's a old Thanos. Yeah, Mr. He's a Sex. Mr. Sex. Uh, he is a classic Marvel her- hero with a power that is uh, slightly creepy. Even, like, 
basically, he can emit smell good juice and through pheromones and psychic empathy and everything, just make you feel good and kind of horny. He has a he has a cosmic roofie. Yeah, they try to make they try to make Star Fox and Eros. They try to make Eros like a really good dude to make up for how kind of creepy that is. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's what if the purple man used his powers for good? And horny. I mean, that's kind of implied. Purple man is just demented horny. Yeah. Um, and he has a brother named Thanos. Now you're probably thinking, but Thanos doesn't look like a human because all the Eternals look like humans. Wasn't it like Thanos' mom was a scroll or something? Thanos' mom was not a scroll. Thanos' mom was an Eternal. You want to know what Thanos' deal is? What? He has a recessive deviant gene. What? Do you know what the deviants are? What? So. What? Back in the day when the one Celestial was making the Eternals, there was a completely different Celestial experimenting on those proto-humans making the deviants. The Oh, you've gotten too deep. You've gone too deep. Cancel the movie. I don't want it anymore. The deviants are basically genetic lotteries. Like, you never know what you're going to get. So, like, every deviant's DNA is completely different. And here's the thing. All the deviants look like monsters. So it's implied that the deviants are the inspiration for all of humanity's monsters, like the Minotaur or the Kraken and stuff like that. Is that what the fucking Black Order are? No, they're they're aliens. Black Order are aliens. Oh, good for them. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I don't think we've seen a deviant. The only deviant we've seen is Thanos. I mean, Grandmaster seems like he's a little bit of a deviant. No, the Grandmaster's an elder. I was making a sex joke there. I know. Fuck you. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Also, the Eternal, also the Celestials at the around the same time. So there was one Celestial making the Internals, one Celestial making the Deviants, and the completely other Celestial, I think it's something the Prober, uh, was basically planting the seeds in proto-humans that would eventually become the X-Gene mutation creating mutants. This person name himself the prober or was he named the prober by another character because other because there's a title prober is prober is what he does it's a heck of a title um like they all they all have that they have a name the blank like i'm trying to remember oh like the collector kind of but it's it's a little different so i remember the gardener from Thanos quest I read Thanos Quest, because that's the prequel to the original Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to get to some names. Okay, so we have uh, Arshim the Judge, uh, Ashma the Listener, uh, on the Searcher, Callus the Void, Exilar, uh, uh, Exictar the Executioner, uh, Gamanon the Gatherer, Ea the Wise, you know, uh, Nezer the Calculator, uh, Oneg the Prober. Oneg the Prober is, I think, the mutant guy. Oneg the Prober. Everybody's yep. new favorite character. During the Celestials for first... Loki and Baby Groot, it's time for Oneg the Prober. 
Uh, yeah, during Celestial's first toast on Earth, Oneg engineered the X-Gene in early humans. It's also the reason why they can go like, oh yeah, there were there were mutants in the ancient past, even though the mutants were originally kind of uh, associated with the atomic bomb. That's Oneg, the prober. Alright. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, so the Eternals are also have a, a slight association with the mutants. So there's things there. We barely talked about the trailer. It's mostly just me trying to explain some Marvel shit. How long have we been recording for now? A while. So why don't you uh, start uh, slamming down them toy news, boy? Okay, 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 okay. Thank fucking God. Uh, McFarlane unveiled a whole bunch of fucking shit for their DC Universe Classics, or did not DC Universe Classics, DC Multiverse line, <laughs> as well as the new up-and-coming Spawn line via Previews Magazine. Boingo, Previews Magazine is relevant again for the first time in 58 years. Weird. Yeah, because all these figures got revealed in there first. So first off, we have uh, a two-pack of Batman from Earth negative 32, the fucking Batman who laughs, but it's Green Lantern. And Hal Jordan Green Lantern, that's a two-pack that's coming. Because Hal Jordan hasn't been in the line yet. They just did General Comics John Stewart Green Lantern. So obviously this is going to be a lot of reuse from that figure. And then there's going to be a deluxe Batman Curse of the White Knight Bat Cycle which looks like a fucking switchblade. I kind of love the design. Yeah, the the first uh, volume of the White Knight stuff is pretty good. Yeah, I love I love that many series, and I meant to read the rest of it, but now it's like exploded into its own fucking imprint. Yeah, and I'm like <laughs> I ain't got time for that shit. Um, then we have the next wave, the next full wave of DC, uh, DC Multiverse is going to be a unmasked Shriek. Uh, King Shazam, which is what if Shazam got infected with the fucking Batman who laughs shit. Um, the demon Etrigan, uh, original design by Todd McFarlane Wonder Woman, and armored Batman from The Dark Knight Returns. Weird, weird assortment of figures from all over shit. Yeah. And you and, and like the fucking armor Batman is especially weird because like I feel like it's coming out a couple years too late. Like we had the renaissance of armored Batman in 2019 with the fucking Mafex and then the Mattel one. And now here's Todd doing his own version. Eh, people won't want it. I like the Etrigan. Yeah, Etrigan's pretty cool. Etrigan's like the only one from this wave I'd pick up just because like. Who the fuck wants unmasked um, Shriek? Unless you just really love uh, Batman Beyond and like fuck everything to do with the Batman who laughs. I hate that shit. Um, yeah, and that's not a great Wonder Woman design. Sorry, Todd. It's a it, here's the thing. It's an interesting design. There's yeah. interest there. It, it's a good alt costume, but also I'm still waiting for this line to do a regular Wonder Woman. We've gotten movie Wonder Woman, we've gotten Last Night on Earth Wonder Woman, we've gotten Death Metal Wonder Woman, and now this. Where is regular comic book Wonder Woman? Right. Uh, then we got uh, 
a a new Mortal Kombat 11 spawn, which is a wholly unique sculpt, uh, and it's it's meant to be um, like an alternate skin from the game that I totally know about because I totally play Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah, it's spawn. It looks like spawn. And then we have the full reveal and solicitation for the new seven inch spawn line, uh, which the first wave is going to be a Gunslinger spawn. Raven Spawn, the Redeemer, the Violator, and the Clown. Yeah, they look good. Yeah. Classic, classic, classic Spawn shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Violators may be a little too beefy. I'd like them to be a little more, a little more scrawny, a little more kind of wiry. But I can dig it. And uh, like honestly, kind of, even though I'm not a big Spawn guy, I kind of want to get Gunslinger Spawn and Redeemer. Just because they look like cool action figures. Yeah. Here's the thing about Spawn, I just realized. I can totally see McFarlane at the end of all of this, at the end of Spawn, just going like, hey, DC, do you want to buy Spawn? Marvel has Angela. DC gets the rest of Spawn. Yeah. (laughs) And never the two shall meet again. Not if Neil Gaiman has anything to say about it. But then we had... uh, a Hasbro purse, I almost said Hasbro purse. It's going to be filling up Hasbro's purse. A new Hasbro Pulse Marvel Legends Fan First Thursday, uh, which included a new full re- wave reveal for the Hasbro Marvel Legends um, Age of Apocalypse Wave 2, because they did a wave one of this a while back. That's the build a figure Sugar Man. And now we're getting build a figure. Age of Apocalypse Colossus. Yep. So um, you sent me two. Do you want to talk about the uh, Pulse stuff first, or do you want to talk about yeah just the other the... the other one I sent you is just the glory shots. Um, this is this is the uh, the first one I sent you is all screen caps from the live stream. Well, let's just uh, talk about the actual good looking shots. So we got Spider Man twenty ninety nine, who is uh just a straight reissue. Of the one they did, I want to say it was 2016, 2017 that figure came out, but it's on a retro card now. Yeah, but I mean, it's 2099, it looks good, it's 2099. Mm-hmm. It's the it's pizza Spider-Man body, because it has the those butterfly joints. Yeah. Looks good. I like yeah. the hands, I like the case. I saw some people who were a little upset that they didn't do it on the new uh, the new Spider-Man body that got introduced with, with these retro cards. But, like, doesn't bother me much because I still haven't gotten a hold of that Spider-Man. I'm not upset. Why don't uh, we uh, skip Colossus for now and start just immediately going into the, the X-Men? We got Cyclops. Uh, we're going to fight a lot tonight because I don't like a lot of this these designs. And Cyclops is a big no-no for me. I don't like this Cyclops look at all. It, I like it. There's something there's something enjoyable in this cheesy ass Cyclops design trying so hard to be fucking edgy. It's like it feels it, it always feels shitty saying this about toys, but it's a design that blatantly just looks like it's trying to be a toy. Oh yeah. Um I do like the little hangoff uh, this is just a design. I like the hangoff little mouthpiece on the visor so you can talk to people. Meh. About the only thing I like about this is how scratched up they made his shoulder pad. I thought that's a cool touch. Yeah. Uh, then we have Iceman. This is okay, but I'm still waiting for like 
classic Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman. They've done free Iceman so far, and none of them have hit for me. It, it is also clear plastic. Yeah, but I think you're going to have that problem with any Iceman you do, unless you make him all white. And I don't think people want to buy a straight white figure. I like it, though. I like it. it, it as, a, as a version of Iceman, it's cool. <laughs> then we have Magneto. Now, this Master of Magnet is much more my speed. I mean, I'm not super into the long hair to look, but it works. And this is just a good, solid, classic Magneto. There's some Age of apocalypse flourishes to the costume, but for the most part, it just looks like fucking evergreen Magneto. Yep, he also comes with uh, some effect parts, it looks like. Yeah, I think those are... That might be the first time, actually, that an effect from the Lightning Collection has made its way over to Marvel Legends instead of vice versa. Huh, weird. But no, we get two, uh, two heads with this Magneto, some uh, Master of Magnetism hands. But yeah, it looks good. It looks like a good, solid version of Magneto. Yeah. Next we have Legion. First time in the line for Mr. Legion, and uh, might be the only time we get a Legion, at least for a good long while. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, it's uh, it's the 90s version of Legion, because the current design, he, he has a little bit more of a flowing lock of hair. Mm. But yeah, it's Legion. He's in, he's in a hospital gown, and he looks crazed. Excellent. It's a good face sculpt. I like the, the face sculpt for this Legion. Yeah. Uh, then we have Rogue. I've got the same opinion here as I do Cyclops. Like, it's a, it's a take. It's not my take. I like the boots. I hate the boots. I like the big chunky boots. It just, it looks like it's all one piece. And that, the, and that's probably just this render, but it doesn't work for me. Also, it looks like she has uh, puffy sleeves. I like the puffy mm -hmm. sleeves. She looks like a mom in the 80s, I think is the thing. She looks like a young mom in the 80s. I mean, the high, uh, high, high, uh, high hip uh, single unitard in the mid uh, she's wearing doesn't help. Also, just like the head sculpt, something about it says mom to me instead of sexy Southern Belle. Yeah. Which is weird because then you get to like the care. By the way, the the character art on the side of all these packages they show is fucking great, even for the designs I don't like. You get to the character art for Rogue, and and it totally has that sexy Southern Belle kind of smirk to it. Yeah, no, it's a very plain expression. Also, a very heavily rendered ass. What the fuck? I mean, that's just the fucking female Marvel Legends lower torso part that they've yeah. used on every figure. They got they got hella good they got hella good bunguses in Marvel Legends. That's mm. one thing I'll always give that line. Uh no, I like the rogue, it's fine. Uh Shadow Cat, which is basically Age of Apocalypse Cake Pride. Alright, listen. Okay. I this is not remotely the Kate or Kitty or Catherine or whatever you want to say her name is this week that I would want. This is not this is not a design I even knew about that I had seen before. But it's fucking awesome, and I kind of want to fuck it, and I kind of need it. Because it's uh, basically Kate Pride, but with, like, Wolverine gauntlets. Yeah, what if what if, what if, if Kitty became Wolverine after Wolverine died, because this is before X-23 existed? Yeah, it, it's a solid design. I like it. It's good. Mm -hmm. I also like how the render just makes a real, real muscle girl. Yeah. But you don't quite get it in the toy. What's that? No, it's good. Good design. Good toy. Uh, then we have Sabretooth. 
Uh, this is okay. I mean, we've already gotten classic comic Sabretooth in this line, so I'm not super perturbed by them doing something that is, that could also work as, as like your uh, evergreen Sabretooth, if we're being honest. It's good, it's big, it's beefy, it hits all those basic character strokes. Um, yeah. Uh, and, like, I don't have that classic Sabretooth, which is getting kind of expensive on the secondary market. So I might just pick this up to be my Sabretooth. It's a good Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Build-A-Figure, which is Age of Apocalypse Colossus. I love the Ninja Turtles in pro wrestling. <laughs> Damn it, you're right. I hate that you're right, but you're right. I like this. I like this Colossus as a one-off from an alternate universe, not as a main main Colossus. Yeah, it's, like I said with Rogue, like I said with Cyclops, it looks like it's trying to be an action figure, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, like, I've already got my my perfect Colossus, the two-pack with Juggernaut. That, that Colossus is just like, yeah, okay, that's Colossus. He's on the shelf. We're good. We're done. So I have no interest in... Uh, getting this whole wave to build Colossus. Like, you're totally, probably... right. you're totally right. He is wearing fucking wrestling kick pads. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'll I'll probably pick up Legion. Uh, I might pick up um Sabretooth, and like if I get Sabretooth, I'll probably also get Magneto and Shadowcat. But uh, this de- it really depends on if because I'm not going to pre-order these. Uh, if if I see these in person, it really it really depends on that whole factor, which okay. I may because like distribution's been steadily getting better for toy companies across the board the last couple months. Right. Uh, so you want to go back through the other posts you sent me and some of the uh, things they showed off at uh, Pulse, or do you have another post that has cleaner pictures? Uh, no, that's the best we got. Um, but like they showed off all the Infinity Saga figures that haven't had a live stream dedication to them yet. Uh, so we saw fucking uh, Infinity. We saw Endgame 4. We saw freaking Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Uh, Odin, the uh, Iron Man 2-pack, and then the Mark III, the uh, the Rescue, and uh, Captain Marvel 2-pack, the uh, the 2-pack with Happy, and the Obadiah 2-pack, uh, freaking Infinity War. Steve, have we talked about Infinity War, Steve? We have. Okay. Uh, and then, I know we definitely didn't talk about Surter. How are you feeling about Surter? I like him. Yeah. He's going to be a big boy, too, apparently. Like, apparently, that's, like, um, half a box taller than the standard Marvel Legends. Because some one of the designers posted an in-box, a photo of it in-box next to a standard Marvel Legends in-box. And it was, like, the, I can't fucking describe it with audio, but these two cups I'm holding up next to yeah, each like other. Yeah, like a good head, head and half taller. That's good. Mm-hmm. Which isn't movie accurate but like we're not doing has ha, we're not doing has lab server yeah uh we also got some marvel like kenner the style line. Toy. yeah the kenner toys we got some new ones of those us agent loki black spider uh black suit spider-man storm in the classic first appearance stealth armor silver surfer i like the silver surfer i like the board and then they revealed uh that coming in a future wave will be a new Tigra figure. Uh, yeah. The original Hasbro Tigra is finally getting a redemption. 
um because that was from like one of the five waves of marvel legends from that hasbro put out right after they got the license from toy biz and then they were like oh shit we suck at this let's let's do free and free quarter inch for a few years until we can do six inch again yeah and it ain't great but now they got a new one oh wait a second i'm looking at this uh sword with lockheed on it yeah because that was the tease from the end of the stream was they showed a blonde hair piece and then from behind it they pulled out a sword with lockheed on it this is Kodoa. that blonde is emma maybe but they've been teasing classic excalibur for a while this is like the third live this is the third live stream in a row they have teased classic excalibur yeah who's that who's that character i can't remember her name she's married to captain britain yeah raddock hold on let me i got the book right here i can look into it oh (laughs) but like we'll probably get her we'll probably get a classic shadow cat we might get a new nightcrawler stuff like that I think we've already got this Captain Britain, but they might, like, reissue him somehow. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, Megan. Mm. M-E-G-G-A-N. Oh, God. I'm just looking at the old ads in this fucking comic. Don't get distracted. Come on, come on. Look at this fucking com- uh, ad for a NES controller. Put it down, put it down, put it down. Come on. I just love old comics. Old I comics know, I know, dope. and we can, we can talk about that some other day. Right now, we need to talk about the fact that I want to fear eyes... I want to fear eyes. This yeah, new Tigra. This new Tigra is probably coming in the same wave as that new uh, Hercules we saw at the end of the last live stream. Are we are we getting a West Coast Avengers wave? I sure freaking hope so, buddy. Does that mean we're gonna get a classic Moon Knight? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, we could get a new Hawkeye. We could do some. Uh, ooh, Wonder we Man? could. We could we could double dip, and we could do some modern West Coast Avengers as well. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's okay, the West Coast I love that Kelly. Awesome. I love that Kelly Thompson book. Yeah. No. So what else? Toy news? Do we do we got to talk about, or is there more things after that? No, there. Yeah, there are more things. We got some odds and ends here. So remember last week when I showed you that Batman Ninja Catwoman that was yeah. really sexy with the full bodysuit with the mesh. Yeah. They're doing Harley Quinn, too. Oh, I like that Harley Quinn design. She was cool. Yeah. It looks like a pretty good Harley Quinn doll. Yeah, no, these are very much that kind of anime, cutesy character thing. Mm -hmm. This is a a 12-inch figure, so it's basically a doll. And, uh, yeah, it looks fine. Um, So what do you know about Amazing Yamaguchi? I've heard the name before. I've seen some toy reviews for them, but like... It is Kyoto's figure line. Um, Kyoto (laughs) is a primarily a statue company in Japan, (laughs) do a lot of anime statues, but they also have a high-end collector line that's very much uh, like Reveltech. Like, it's kind of a spiritual successor to Reveltech because Kyoto is the same company that did Reveltech. Um, And so they are doing the amazing Yamaguchi arkham knight Ooh, okay i can dig that and this is based off of his look from the video game and as such has swappable parts to make him arkham versus red hood that's nice that's good Mm -hmm. because everybody knew exactly what that character was the moment they were like we're bringing in a brand new character for the arkham game he's a person who who's fighting crime by killing them 
We want to oh, have so the twist, but we don't. We want people to still be surprised by the twist. And instead, everybody was just pissed off by the twist. It, it's the same thing. It was like, oh no, no, Benedict Cumberbatch isn't playing Khan. He's not, he's playing a character, brand new character, John Smith. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was just oh, we don't want to just immediately say it's Red Hood, but it was always Red Hood. Yeah. It looks like a good figure. Um, it looks up to snuff with the uh, My Hero Academia figures I've seen them do, and they also did a they did a comic Venom in this Ooh. style of figures, which okay. was in this didn't really work for me. I didn't like how that aesthetic looked with Venom, but that's just me. I'm very particular about how Venom should look. As long as he's big and beefy, I think Venom can get away with anything. And they did that, but they did that in a very like shonen anime kind of way, and I didn't think it worked for Venom. Okay. Um, I mean, technically, I, My Hero Academia is now canon in the Marvel uh, Marvel multiverse. Is it? That's neat. Yeah, TRN uh, eight hundred. It's because of uh, the Deadpool comic that they that Shonen Jump was doing uh, digitally. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, all my me, all my like, showed up and interacted with Deadpool. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yes. Um, but uh, then we have a new reveal from Hot Toys. Uh, who have done a variant on their uh, PS4 Spider-Man Miles Morales figure. They did the Bottega cat suit. Okay. And it looks so good that, like, I'm tempted for the first time in a long time to pick up a hot toy. It's it's cool. I can dig it. And by pick up, I mean, like, allocate funds and, and very carefully calculate out a pre-order for a hot toys figure, because... For those of you who don't know, Hot Toys are like the pinnacle of expensive one six scale twelve inch doll action figures. Yeah, they are they are centerpiece. Mm-hmm. There are people who just collect Hot Toys because of how expensive and how prestige it is. Yeah, I think that's a little. I think that's a little lame. Marvel Legends is good, so you can get some of them. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, last but not least, we have uh, we have a reveal. For a figure for an upcoming DC movie. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, who's your favorite DC character, Boingo Rider? Uh, Whoever you were about to say it's wrong, because it's Harley Quinn. Everybody loves Harley Quinn. Everybody want, If you're a woman, you want to be Harley Quinn, or you think you are Harley Quinn. And if you're a guy, you want to be the Joker, and you want to fuck Harley Quinn. And this isn't a thing you can fuck, but here's an action figure of Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. I mean the Suicide Squad. Let's be let's the, be specific. Here. The Suicide Squad, and it's a sixty-five dollar import SH Figure Arts. I mean, it's a good SH Figure Arts. Yeah, it looks highly accurate, and this is probably the best look movie Harley Quinn has had so far. Yeah, well, because you want to know what it is? It's it's the fucking classic fucking Harley Quinn suit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty okay. Also, notice how uh. This is something I haven't talked to you about. Uh, do you notice something about this figure? Something a little odd? No, what? She's not photographed with any of her accessories. Oh yeah, she has. You, uh, she has a different face. Yeah, so that's... But do you do you know why they're not showing the different accessories yet? Because they don't have any accessories. Because she probably comes with guns. And right mm. now, DC and Warner Brothers are being very strict about especially high-end companies showing photos of figures of their characters with guns. They're, but their characters have guns. But we don't want to glorify guns, Boingo. 
That'd be like Marvel saying, hey, by the way, you're making a Punisher toy. You can't have the Punisher showing any guns. Oh, no, they'll still, he'll, he'll, still, he'll still come with guns. You just don't put that photo in your press release. No, but you, like, if you're the Punisher, you need to have him holding a gun in the right way. So you, because no, the no, he just be- stands there and looks cool. That's what the Punisher does. What's, what's this gun you speak of? This automatic killing mechanism. What is that? Is that like a bow and arrow? Is that like Deadpool? Eh? Who's Deadpool? I've never heard of this Deadpool you speak of. There's no death. Death doesn't exist. Shut up. We just want to give kids fun toys to play with. What about Deathstroke? Oh, you mean that Deadpool ripoff? Uh, but no, that whole situation that, is just that joke had to me. hurt your DC soul. It, it did a little. That's that that situation is just so hilarious to me because it's like it's the fucking modern equivalent of Joe Quesada saying nobody in Marvel can smoke. Yeah, but at least there's a reason behind that. It's like smoking killed my dad. Oh, there's a reason behind this too, which is we don't want to look like a company that's glorifying guns because nobody likes guns right now. And here's Hasbro. Here's all of the characters that have back, and they all have Nerf guns. Come on, that makes sense. They're at least silver. No, no, I like that. I'm one of the people who's into that. It's just all the fucking boomer GI Joe fans who are like, Scarlet doesn't look enough like a mom. Why does this come like that? Why, why is everything a Target exclusive? I don't understand how corporate contracts work. Right. That's something I've discovered over the last like year and change. Is I do not like the GI Joe fandom. They're not great people. You don't like a lot of fandoms. It's hard for me to make friends. Okay. It's almost as if basing most of your personality on a show or a thing you like is a bad idea because you get so wrapped up and invested in it that if anything slightly goes wrong, it feels like something in your own personality is going wrong. It's like. We're going on like five different tangents right now, but there is there is something that uh, the Devu said once upon a time about uh, her former employer, whose name we will not speak on this show, um, which is that at the time she was working for them, they were trying to portray themselves as very much the the smart kid in the back of the class who had to constantly slam their fist down on the on the desk and say, pay attention to what the teacher is saying. It's all right there. And that's what I I resonated with that so much at the time, because that's what I feel like with so many fandoms. If I'm the one who's going, no, you fucking idiots. This is like this because this is what this fucking property is doing over here and they're trying to do something similar to that like i don't know how many fucking times i've said the power rangers fandom is just the power rangers as a franchise is just perpetually transformers as a franchise five years ago very much so Hmm. and there's a lot there's just so much of that it's just like i'm i'm in a discord server where I'm, they're not the wild crazed ones that are very reasonable Sonic fans. That it's very intellectually discussion of game design and aesthetic. So I'm not trying to rag on them. It's just more of like that's the inspiration for the thought of like Sonic fans and like other fans of different video games going like, why is this video game like this? Why is it rushed? Capitalism. No, but why? Why are? Why can't they just take more time to make the ca- capitalism? But no, I want I want the game and I and I want it now and I want it finished. You get you get two of those in this world because of capitalism. You get two. It's either on time, 
finished or in your hands. If it's not any, like, like, Cyberpunk 77, that was a shit show. You want to know why it's a shit show? Fucking capitalism. Yeah. Uh, so did you read comics this week? Yeah. Do you, uh, do you, you want to go back and forth or do you want to just... I mean, I really just have one big cluster of a thing. Okay. I, I have a feeling I know what it is because it's the same thing over a week. We were talking about it on your server, so, you know. Hold on. Let me go back and look real quick. I you know exactly what the fuck it is. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 we were. Uh, oh, right. So, let's see. What have I read? So, I have read Over the Ropes, which is an indie comic. It's basically a professional wrestling story, but it's, it, is a, it is a world of wrestling that acknowledges the work aspect of wrestling, but it kind of, like, works with the drama of the dirt sheet, essentially. Like, Did you watch Adam Bompier's video today, by the way? Yeah, I did. Good okay. shit, right? Yeah, good. All right. Uh, let's see. I read the new issues of New Mutants and X Men. Just more New Mutants and more New X Men. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, I read issue three of Beta Ray Bill. How's that going? Does he have? Is he able to fuck Lady Sif again yet? No, but he might be fucking his uh, his uh, spaceship. All right, whatever it takes, bro. No, because uh, they go into basically uh, uh, a hell dimension. They're trying to get through it. They're trying to solve the. They're trying to get down below to get to the hammer that he wants. And when they entered, they uh, Scuttlebutt got like a robot body and goes like, "I don't know what's going on. I'm Scuttlebutt," and everything like they don't have a ton of time to like analyze it and figure it out. And she just, basically Scuttlebutt is a lady bot. Well, I'm sending you like a page from it to show Scuttlebutt. Never mind, I'm not doing that. Uh, basically, it was like it, coming here awakens something in me, and then they immediately have to start fighting some like demons. And uh, Pip the Troll and the Executioner are there helping out Beta Ray Bill on his merry adventure. Uh, and they basically dive into the lava. That Scuttlebutt, re- yes, and you fuck Scuttlebutt. <sighs> Hold on, let me. Uh, let me. Let me give you, you have to do it. I had to fucking do it. Here is Scuttlebutt in her new robot body. Yeah, I could figure out ways to fuck that. Thank you. Um, but basically, they're trying they're trying to get down to the thing, and uh, there's a there's a cute moment where basically Scuttlebutt in her new robot body goes, "I never asked why we came here. What happened on Asgard?" And Beta Ray Bill tries to avoid the fact that Sif was like, "I don't want to fuck you in horse mode." Uh, and he's basically like, I became aware of myself, and I realized I look ugly. And Scuttlebutt goes like, Does that sound like? A, why does that sound like a bad thing? You look, you look like Beta Ray Bill. You look like the person I know. And you know, it's that kind of thing. And she and Scuttlebutt takes Beta Ray to the Hall of Records, uh, basically her record room, and just goes like, yeah, No, I've been recording your adventures. Uh, it's all right here. And then Scuttlebutt makes a brand new act for Beta Ray Bill for the meantime uh, for their adventure, which the way she does it is fucking weird. It's cool in comic book, but it's weird. Oh, yeah, look at that. Because it's less like she has a robot body and it's more like she's a nanobot construct that looks solid. So you're telling me there's a chance. 
I mean, look at this body language, though. I don't think you have much of a chance. There's there's that's, a major that's, flirting. That's vibe. literally that's literally everything I want to be in that one image. That's everything I want out of a relationship. You want to be a big buff horseman looking at a tiny petite robot lady. Yeah. And basically, right after that, she just goes like, "You know, we can turn back." Basically, it's basically. I didn't know I needed this. This is a romance story between Beta Ray Bill and the AI known as Scuttlebutt. Excellent. Uh, I kind of hope it turns out that way because it's kind of cute because it's it, it, it's very much it's very much like old friends realizing wait we maybe have more in this relationship than we thought you know because Scuttlebutt isn't looking at Beta Ray Bill as like a, oh you're a weird horse face man it's no you're Beta Ray Bill hero of the Corbinites one of my closest friends. And I see you for who you are, and I accept you. And it's Beta Ray Bill going like, "You are Scuttlebutt, my longtime friend, and now you have a body, and you're a lady. Okay, this is something that I have to process." And yeah, they're just going through this dimension, just trying to get to the get to the Stormbreaker. And it ends with them about to fighting a giant crab. So we'll see more next issue. Uh, let's see. I read the new issue of Darth Vader. It's basically they're they're back. The the emperor goes like, "All right, you're still my bitch, but I'm gonna repair you." Uh, so do the thing, Darth Vader. And it's a couple flashbacks, and it's Darth Vader realizing, "Oh, I know, I know the 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 way to solve this. I need to fucking get Han Solo because they're doing a bounty hunter crossover event in the Star Wars comics right now." That's that's very Marvel of them. Yep. Uh, to be continued in Star Wars, War of the Bounty Hunters. Hey. Uh, I read Reptile, issue number one. Uh-huh. Do you know who Reptile is? Apparently not. Uh, Marvel hero, uh, uh, Hispanic boy. His parents were archaeologists, and they found uh, a gemstone that has the DNA of every single dinosaur. And it gets implanted in his chest, and he can turn into dinosaurs. He can—he's a dinosaur shapeshifter. He's Why a shapeshifter. hasn't there been an entire cartoon and toy line based off of this man yet? Oh, here's the thing—you like looking at the design, you know damn well that's what he was uh, created for. Because look at look at this mid two thousands Cartoon Network ass action cartoon. My fucking dude. Um, but basically, this is a continuation of... Uh, this is actually just a genuine continuation of his previous story. Uh, he's he's coming back to L.A. He's hanging out with his family, trying to get the shake of the land. Uh, he goes out shopping with his cousins. Uh, and the bad guy happens, and he basically tries to stop him. He has a cool big superhero fight. Um, and he uses like a bunch of different dinosaur powers. His cousin, uh, his, his female cousin starts exhibiting powers, and she doesn't know what's happening. I'm thinking it's the first, oh, brand new mutant in the comics. Uh, Or maybe related to his reptile powers. And basically the bad guy who's been attacking goes like, I know where your parents are, because that was a thing in the earlier issue. It was basically like, the rest of his family goes like, your parents are probably dead. And he goes like, no, my parents aren't dead, they're just missing. So this bad guy's going like, I know where your parents are. And he's like, oh, shit. So yeah. Yeah. It's a good kid-friendly Marvel book, which you know, I say I say there should always be a bunch of kid-friendly comics. That's that should be the main focus of comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I read uh, 
Oh, I read another one of the one-shots for Heroes Reborn called Magneto and the Mutant Force. It's basically looking at what happened to the X-Men and the mutants. Um, they Okay, you know how persecuted mutants are in the regular Marvel Universe? Yes. Now imagine that 10 by 10 with uh, basically Superman being super racist against mutants and just killing them indiscriminately. Oh, no. So basically during a big battle with the Squadron Supreme, uh, the X-Men, which uh, uh, was basically every mutant because like they all had to fight together to not, you know, be killed. We're fighting and it started off as a protest and then basically they got pushed into fighting. And so they had a whole big battle. They killed Professor Xavier paralyzed magneto so he's now in a wheelchair and rogue then like absorbs the power of like the scroll character and kills him and so they basically are breaking emma frost out of jail so they can start fighting back and and basically be good you know do all that kind of stuff and they're basically on i wouldn't say it's krakoa it's more like genosha but it's also in the bermuda triangle so it's like asteroid m it's a it's a mix of the, it, they're on an island away from or uh, away from America, and basically, uh, Magneto goes like, "I have a bit of Charles Xavier's psyche in my head, Emma Frost. You need to come in there and help me get it out." Uh, as, as that's happening, uh, two members of Squadron Supreme basically start coming and killing everybody. Also, in this world, uh, Legion was the leader of the X Men for him. Yeah. So he was uh, accepted and helped out. That's nice. But basically, they go into Magneto Psyche, and it turns out it's not Professor Xavier. It's Professor Xavier's uh, twin sister, Nova. And Nova basically comes out and goes like, "Hey, I know we're, we're we gotta fight back. We gotta be badasses. I just killed uh, Magneto, but I'm Nova." And that's the end of the one shot. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going back through X-Men and New Mutants and see if there's anything, like, cool to talk about. I don't remember anything. Oh! Oh, no, I need to talk about this new issue with X-Men. I forgot. Okay, so Charles Xavier and Magneto sends uh, uh, Mystique on a mission. And basically it's like, hey, if you succeed on this mission, uh, we'll bring back your wife. And she's like, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll go do the mission. And the mission is to destroy the Orcus base because they're about to bring online Nimrod. Oh, shit, fuck. Yeah, so she's infiltrating the thing, and she's trying to get to the stopping all of this, and she gets there right after they activate Nimrod with the with the backup psyche of the dude who died, like, the dude who died in uh, Hawks and Pox, the, the husband who was like, oh, you know what, I always wanted kids. That guy, remember him? Yeah. Okay, so they bring him back. That's the psyche. That's who they put into the Nimrod body. And as Nimrod's like, kind of like going, like, "Oh man, I'm I'm alive again. I got weird robot powers. Ah, uh, this is fucking weird. I'm happy to be here though." And he's he's hugging his wife, and he's going like, "Ah, oh, I'm happy to be here." And he just stands up, points at Mystique, and goes, "That's a mutant." Turns his hand into a gun and shoots. Mystique is trying to get the fuck out of there, trying to solve the whole thing. She drops a, a bomb to kill him. And then Nimrod separates himself into two different things, and the Nimrod that's like a base AI version goes with the wife and tries to get her to safety, while the dude version of Nimrod is fighting Mystique. And the Mystique uh, destroys him, okay? okay. Uh, she destroys him, but she kills him in the process. Uh, she, she gets killed in the process. So she comes back, and she goes like, Nimrod's online. 
and she's and, and like, all right, shit, that's bad. We got to talk to Moira and do all that kind of thing. Uh, oh, is Moira back? Oh yeah, no, they're finally so, doing more shit with Moira. Yep, yep, yep. No, so Professor Xavier and Magneto are there, and they're going like, okay, cool. Nimrod's online. This changes things. We need to figure this out. And Mystique goes, wait, what? What about Irene? What about my wife? And Magneto and Xavier just look at her and go, what about her? Basically, you failed. You didn't you didn't agree to you didn't accomplish what we agreed to. We're not gonna resurrect her. All right. And, yes, but also you guys are fucking assholes. Oh no. And then you see Mystique and it's just the caption, there will be an island, not the first, but not the last. This is an old prediction by Destiny. Uh this will be a place to seem uh be a hope for our kind. When those days come, remember these words. Bring me back. And if you cannot, if they will not, then burn that place to the ground. As Oh no, I saw these panels. I saw that panel on Reddit somewhere. Yep, yep, yep. As Xavier and Magneto are coming to talk to Moira, basically going like, okay, here's the situation. This fall, Inferno. That's the next big event. Mystique's gonna burn Krakoa. Oh, Yep. Oh no, New Mutants also did something cool. So basically, I didn't know this about Karma. Karma had a twin brother, but he's been dead for a while, and his psyche's been in Karma's body. And so basically, Karma goes like, hey, uh, I'm gonna go through the Crucible so I can die, release your psyche, and we can both have bodies again. And he's like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's like, yeah, uh, let's do this. And it's basically prepping for the fight. And Danny goes like, all right, cool. I'll fight you in the, the Crucible. And the uh, weird looking mutants uh, that New Mutants has been dealing with are basically going like, ah, I don't I don't want to look at this because we want to go through this because we have weird freak, freaking bodies and we'd rather have normal looking bodies, you know? All the while, uh, Wolver uh, uh, Laura, not Laura, the newest Wolverine kid can't remember her name gabby gabby fucking gabby. uh honey badger yeah honey badger she's trying to figure out a way to help her friends and uh, uh, because it, it, it feels like a weird drug psa like it's that framing but it's like they're swapping bodies with uh the shadow king help and basically wolverine goes like hey i know things are weird but like i don't think this is a good idea and they're and like they have a genuine conversation so basically like Gabby, you don't know what it feels like to still feel like a fucking weirdo on this place. We we want to look normal, and some of this isn't even our fault. And who are you to, like, say we're doing something wrong, which it's not against the law. We're just trying things out. And basically, like, they go, like, we understand your concern, but get the fuck out of our business. Which, fair, but this is a comic book, and you're dealing with a uh, classic villain. Something's amiss. Uh, and so... Uh, Wolfsbane from the old school New Mutants basically comes and says like, hey, you want some uh, sisterly advice? Uh, and they talk it out and they figure it out uh, while uh, Danny gets killed in the Crucible and uh, she's about to be resurrected. Gabby confronts the Shadow King and basically goes like, hey, uh, I don't want you messing with my friends. I think this is, I think I don't think this is a good idea. So Danny gets resurrected and uh, they basically confirm that uh your body is resurrected as it uh, as it died. So Danny still doesn't have a leg. She still has a robot leg. Hmm. Yep. So that's New Mutants. Uh, and then it's just time waiting for the Hellfire Gala. Oh yeah, that's another thing I uh, I read. 
I got caught up on Strange Adventures by Tom King. I've been hearing good things about that, but I've never checked it out because I fucking know fuck all about Adam Strange. Uh, Tom King tries to give you an explanation for everything. Uh, and I also would say wait like four months to get the other two new issues because every other month is an issue coming out. Oh, so I wait, wait for it to be done. Uh, because do you care about spoilers on this? Yeah. Say what you need to say. I won't say it because it seems like you're interested and you like Tom King. So I won't say it, but, uh, issue 10 has some interesting things and interesting implications for the character. It's neat. Okay. But yeah, those are the comics I read. So, let me guess. Hawks, not Hawks, Dawn of X. Thoughts and opinions. Four volumes this week, folks. I really, I really put those those extra nights, those free nights I had in the middle of the week because Dynamite was on Friday this week. Um, I put those nights to good use reading four volumes of a comic. Um, so Thanks. I'm now up to volume fourteen. I believe it. I believe we're not waiting for another volume to come out. So that means I have two volumes left. And then I, I hit the big X of Swords stopgap, which yep. uh, is interesting. In the last like volume and a half, uh, a little Road to X of Swords uh, banner has started popping up. And I'm like, none of this seems like it has anything to do with X of Swords. But okay, you want to sell some comics. I mean, Excalibur kind of does. Kind of. That, is, that, that whole thing was weird. We're just like, because of events in another book that isn't in any of these volumes, just randomly fucking shits on fire, and there's potentially a war between England and Krakoa at the start of an issue of Excalibur. And I was like, what? Did I miss a volume? What's going yeah. on? Anybody want to explain? Okay, here we go. Yep, so you read the last four. So 14, 13, 12, and 11. Yeah. So you started reading... um. Uh, Wolverine, what are you thinking about Wolverine so far? Uh, I, I'm knee-deep in Wolverine now, actually, because they put issues two and three in the volume before, like, the last two volumes before this. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, Wolverine's okay. It's not exactly my flavor of comics. It's a good solo book, though. It's, good, it's a fine, uh, fine Wolverine doing stuff. Also, it's very late, so my thoughts aren't entirely coherent at this time. Um, that's Weird Verse Cable number one. That was a couple volumes ago, dude. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I read the first like proper story arc in Cable um, after everything gets established, which is basically like uh, Cable finds out somebody's kidnapping mutant kids, and he's not a big fan of that, so he goes to deal with that, and he kind of messes some shit up, and then he gets fucking sidetracked by the Knights of Galador. And then Cyclops comes in and goes like, hey, I heard my kid was fucking some shit up. Yeah, you fucking muties, stay out of here. Also, maybe try a Phil Philly cheesesteak. He's like, that's a great idea. And so Cyclops, the fucking funniest thing I've seen in so long is just this one panel of Cyclops sitting down in his kitchen to eat an authentic Philly cheesesteak, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to eat those on the side of the road right after you get them. That's a that people Philly people. It was like, a, it was like a, it's a five meter walk back to the fucking portal, and I can just go home and be comfortable. <laughs> but buddy, buddy, you're not having the true Philly experience if you don't eat it right after you get it in your fucking hands. You moron, you putz, blah blah blah. Philly, yeah, I'm a guy. Um, but there's just this great panel of just like Cyclops sitting down 
Like he got all he got all prepared and comfy, and he's so excited to try a Philly cheesesteak. And then Emma Frost walks in, and she's like, "Your son's fucking my daughter. What the hell?" And he just like slowly sets it down and goes, "Which one?" <laughs> she's like, and she's like, "Does it matter?" <laughs> They're very similar. Kid Omega's dating a different one. That's that's the best thing is is she's like, uh, listen, if he breaks any of their hearts, especially Esme, because you know Esme kind of needs it, but it'll be devastating for her. And Esme's the one he is dating. <laughs> if he breaks any of their hearts, I will kill him, and I will kill you, and both of you are going to be on the back of the fucking waiting list. Yep, <laughs> it's good. Uh. What have you been thinking about Hellions? Uh, Hellions is okay. It feels like it's dealing with a lot of shit I don't know and haven't really been made to care about yet. Okay. Uh, any thoughts about Marauders? Marauders is a good time. I I feel like I'm just kind of like in a holding pattern waiting for Kate to get resurrected. Uh, but I now I'm starting to think like, wink, if that's a big moment in X of Swords. Not really. Okay. Uh, but like, uh, they're doing some fine kind of world building and character development there. It is a big moment in Marauders. It's just not related to X of Swords. Okay. Um, I think the book, I honestly, well, I'd be second. They're kind of equal. So the first book I encountered that I like the most is the start of X Factor. Mm-hmm. Like, I can really see why you were vibing off of X Factor a few months it's ago. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not super my thing, but, like, I can get down with it. It feels like one of those kind of, like, ensemble genre shows from the mid-2000s. Like, it has a huge kind of Angel-esque vibe about it. Yeah, but it's also, like, super fucking gay. It's good. Because, mm-hmm. like, um, Dawkins like, by, Prodigy's by, uh, North Star is gay. Oh, is he gay? They never really say anything like that in the first couple uh, of in like i think like issue three or four his husband shows up oh okay that might be like the very next thing i'm gonna see out of that book then yeah North like, Star- they just went to mojo the mojo verse and that's like a fucking hilarious commentary on fucking youtube and only fans now yeah no uh north uh, north star was actually the first gay character marvel create uh marvel made hmm. um i also really uh i also just like I posted that page in your server, but, like, I fucking adored. Because she's just kind of in the background for most of the first issue, but then the book at the end of the first issue, like, stepping aside to go, no, Polaris doesn't want to be the leader, and Eric's a little concerned about that. And she goes, Dad, what's my personality? And he's like, uh, you're, uh, yeah, I don't know either. And I'm like 30, so that's a bit of a problem. I don't want to get invested in leading another team. I just kind of want to tag along and maybe figure out who the fuck I am. And I'm yeah. like, all right, I don't know if you're waifu yet, but like, I- I'm vibing off of you pretty heavy, Polaris. I like how, many fucking, how many fucking figures do I have to go back and track down just because these goddamn comics? Because <laughs> there's a fucking, there's a Polaris. In in Marvel Legends already, that's her classic her classic costume, mm-hmm. and she she wore that in this era, so it technically counts. Uh, I'm um, trying to think of any other. I read the Empire tie-ins, and oh, 
I mean, really... the best goddamn tie-in? Yeah, because, like, fucking, I have no idea what the fuck Empire is. I forgot it was a thing until I read these. Plant aliens decide, you know what, fuck meat. Mm-hmm. And basically... That's what it comes off as. Watch the comic pop, comic pop episode where they talk about Empire. Will do. Um, but That's all you need to know. This fucking tie-in is so great. It's do you want to so... give the audience the secondary subtitle for this tie-in? Plants versus mutant zombies. Alien plants versus mutant zombies. You know somebody was having a whole lot of fun. Um, this is such a dumb, fun, like, little comic art. It's good. Yeah, and you want to know the worst part? It what? finally happened. You fucking bastard. The prophecy you... The prophecy you told has come to fruition. Magic is waifu tear. I knew it would happen, folks. I knew it would happen, folks. I um, almost... One superhero girl who can crush his head in between her thighs. It's it's a pattern. It's a pattern, folks. I almost paid $50 for her Mar- Marvel Legends last night Jesus on Jesus Christ, my friend. I... I didn't know you'd go down the deep hole this fast. Almost. I didn't I didn't do it. I didn't do it yet, but it almost happened. Dear Lord. Also remember, she's the sister of Colossus. Well, I already have Colossus, so I guess I have to get her now. Let me just let me just go on to uh, <laughs> eBay.com and Also, uh, have you been reading her dialogue with a Russian accent? Because I think it adds just a little bit of a touch. You know, I forgot to. Go back but, and reread oh. some of it. Oh no! Russian goth queen. Just remember all this shit that you're like embarrassed at me for. Partly your fault. I know. I would have read this shit if it wasn't for you. Here's the thing, though. This is hilarious in like a kind of like a ha 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 kind of way. When you just bring it up, it's just like, oh come on. There's no setup here. There's no. There's no setup. There's no payoff with this. How do you mean? Well, I mean, I'm setting it up by going like, no, I'm planting the seed. She's gonna be a waifu. We're gonna do a bit about this later. And then you're going like, here's the bit. And I'm going like, ha ha. There's one for $37 and $4 shipping right now. Do I have money? Are we gonna, are we gonna do a fucking delirious late night live purchase on the podcast? Is that what, is that what's about to happen here? Uh, I have less than a hundred dollars in my account right now. We're not doing impulse buys this week. All right. But no, this is a fun, just like, it's a popcorn movie. It's a popcorn zombie movie because mm-hmm. Wanda trying her hardest to be a good person. Oh, trying Wanda. so hard. Really like um, poor Wanda. She tried. At least she tried. And I love, goes, I love the fucking conversation she's having with Doctor Strange where he's like, yeah, no, you can't do that. And she comes back and she goes, so I tried to do it. Oh, God, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, uh, she basically goes to um, Genosha, the site of the biggest uh, mutant apocalypse, and basically goes like, you know what, I got rid of a lot of mutants. They're back on their feet, but I, I feel still, re- still feel bad about this, and I try to, I don't want to try and make up for it, uh, even though like they hate me. I, I don't want, I, I don't want to be a good person to them, so I'm going to try and resurrect all the mutants that died on Genosha. The magic was imperfect, and they come back as zombies. Mm-hmm. Oh no. And there's a gate on 
Genosha because they kind of see Genosha as like a, a, a memorial. You can go and visit Genosha and kind of say your prayers and think of the lost one, lost loved ones you had and how much of a tragic event this was, that kind of thing. Uh, so they realize, oh, something's happened in Genosha. They go through, oh shit, zombies. We gotta make sure they can't get through the gate and turn Krakoa into zombies. And then the alien plant people come and attack. So it's the plant people, the mutant zombies, and living mutants all kind of having a mishmash of a fight, just trying to solve the problem. Also, the old ladies come back. Oh yeah, no. Goddamn, horticulture. That's the their the group's name, mm. horticulture. Oh, and they and they fucking they put pheromones on fucking Angel. <laughs> it's the funniest shit. And you just see some of those hot young babes. It's great. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is this was just a fun thing. And then basically, Doctor Strange comes in, and goes like, hey, "Fix the problem." No, was it Doctor? Sh- no, it no, was no, no, because magic. magic goes. Oh, I can fix this. And literally, like as she's trying to fix it, Doctor Strange goes, "Yeah, it should fix itself as long as nobody fucks with that thing." And she fucks with that thing, and she, for twenty minutes, because it's twenty minutes until it will dissipate. She just turns into this possessed, fucking screaming demon lady, and she destroys all the zombies and all the plants. And then she starts going, "All right, everybody, now I'm going to take over the Earth, and you will all be my army, and you will all listen to me and obey me as your queen. Except for you, Nightcrawler, you're going to be my sex slave because you're fucking hot." And then it dissipates, and she's like, so we're all going to forget that just happened, okay? Fraulein, I, I'm still interested in the sex safe position. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Now I now remember, you know, it's fucking... It's just a fun, goofy, like, of... Uh, if more tie-ins were like this, people wouldn't be pissed at tie-ins. Yeah. It's, it's stuff like this, and uh, before... Before he got his own event, Nick Spencer's Captain America had some baller events tie-ins. Like, the Civil War II tie-in that's just fucking uh, Sam having to speak at Rhodey's funeral. Mm, that was a great issue. But yeah, no. X-Men, X-Men just keeps on hitting. And you're about to get to the X of Swords event. Honestly, I'm kind of feeling like I might take a break before X of Swords. I might read some other stuff before X of Swords. That's extremely fair. Because it's, it's a good stopping point. Yeah, then you get X of Swords, and then you're ready to start uh, Reign of X. Or yeah. have another little break, and then Reign of X. Because X of Swords is 22 goddamn issues. Is it? Wow. Yeah, though, let me go through. So it starts with X-Men number 12, X of Swords creation number 1, uh, X-Factor, Wolverine, X-Force, Marauders, Hellions, New Mutants, Cable, Excalibur, 10. I like X-Men, how you just had that right in front of you. Yeah, no, X-Men, X of Swords, X-Men, Marauders, Marauders, Excalibur, Wolverine, X-Force, Hellions, Cable, 20. Excalibur, X-Men, X of Swords, 23. Mm, all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Seriously, people, read the X-Men books. They're good. They're good. There's so many waifus. If I if if I were a mutant, I'd be desperately hey, 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 to become a harem protagonist and failing miserably at it. Hey, let's not let's not be dis- so disingenuous. There's a good number of husbandos there too. Oh, there's plenty of fucking husbandos. I'm just too distracted by the horny to notice that. Like I would probably I would if if I 
if I went both ways, I'd probably be sipping for Dawkins. Oh no, Dawkins fucking like uh Kid Omega, if you want a shit if you want a shit lord. Oh hell yeah, Kid Omega's the fucking boyest of boys. Uh Nightcrawler, but he's always been a husbando material. Yeah. Uh, uh also, Kate, Cable, Kate Cable's pretty great. Yeah. He he kind of has that like I'm on the Shit. football. I'm a starter on the football team, but I still hang out with the D and D lore nerds. Mm-hmm. I don't get what they're saying, but like I care about them. Legitimately, I find his relationship with Esme to be adorable so far. Like it's a great like first first boyfriend girlfriend kind of a thing. No, have you has Kid Omega started dating? I can't remember which Kaku. Uh, no, I'm not. Dates. I'm not quite there yet. Okay. But no, Ken Omega's fucking. It's just because he's a shit lord and he gets dunked on all the fucking time. Mm. Forge is he's, also good, but he's also like that kind of like, oh, you're weirdly like '80s handsome. Yeah, Forge is. I don't know if I'd necessarily go for Forge, but I can appreciate Forge. It's the mustache. I appreciate the mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, this is the weirdest fucking thing in the world for me to be saying, but. With the current look, Charles is Charles can kind of get it, yeah. and I'm sure he is. I'm sure I'm sure he has plenty of weekend rendezvous with Moira. Oh yeah, no. There's also like uh, there's another there's a recent like one of his past loves that came by and was like, oh hey, what's up? You wanna you wanna go hang out? <laughs> um, no. Nah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good shit. It is. But other can than we that, sleep now? <laughs> Yeah, why don't, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm the Vacuuminator, and I've been recording this podcast from uh, just past midnight to now 2.30 in the morning. And uh, we have to do another thing like this tomorrow night, and we just did a thing like this last night. This is, uh, this is a very eventful and a very cursed weekend for modular media. At least we're not uh, doing speaking of which, Speaking of which... Uh, I am making my return to toy reviewing on YouTube. Go check me out at youtube.com slash the vacuuminator, spelled T-H-E-V-A-C-U-U-M-I-N-A-T-O-R. And uh, I'll have a new review up there very soon. I'm not going to say much more other than that, but it'll be worth checking out if you like my shit in the past. Uh, Also check me out on social media, at the vacuuminator on Twitter and at the underscore vacuuminator on instagram hell yeah hey howdy howdy i'm chris boingo writer gas and i do video essays and editorial on youtube you can find me by searching for boingo writer i'm on twitter i'm on instagram it's boingo it's the underscore and then it's writer what's up if you want to join my discord server a link to that it's in the description of this youtube video or podcast wherever you may find your podcast and speaking wherever you may find your podcast give us a follow share us with your friends that's the only way we're gonna get we're gonna get big we're gonna get Big shit, bruh. And if you're on YouTube, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a subscribe, and go check out our other podcasts, including Modular Media Wrestling Podcast Live, where me and Vac here talk about professional wrestling every single week, at least the stuff we like. Or Twit, this week in Toku, where Vac and BusterCore talk about Tokusatsu in the week. Or Components, where me, Vac, and other people, including Snowcone, Cody Burke, another member of Modular, and Buster every once in a while, uh, as a friend of the channel, comes in and we talk about our week for the week. Subscribe yeah. to Modular. Just subscribe to our content. Follow us. Except not in the bathroom. I don't want you to follow us in the bathroom. Nope. Get out. Get out of here. No. No. Do you have any final words?
applesauce market until Joe Dino. Oh, yeah, Luchasaurus. Mm -hmm. Enough said. <laughs>